When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Engel. Die Dickens. Hello and welcome to Deep Cuts, Lost and Found. This is a podcast with a bunch of old buddies who are exploring some of their favorite overlooked artists, overlooked songs, great songs that we think that you should check out and hopefully enjoy. I'm here with, uh, again, some of my best friends from Needham High School. We all graduated Needham High School back in 1987. Uh, many, many years later, we are all still friends, still sharing music, and we're here to share them with you. Welcome to the show. This year we are tackling 1980, I should say this edition, we're tackling 1980, which is a really exciting and interesting year. It's kind of like the beginning of essentially the music that we fell in love with when we were in high school. And we kind of started this all out with 1977 as kind of a pivotal year. We've done 78, we've done 79, and we're now arriving at 1980. Anybody want to touch a little bit upon uh, what was happening in 1980? It's a way of kind of getting everybody into context. On a personal level? What was happening? Yeah, let's go, let's go personal. 1980. Well, uh, it was kind of a big deal for me. I got my first pair of sweats by EB. Nice. Ooh, oh, nice. Wow. Oh, nice. <laughs> Does everybody remember those? Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Tan with the blue stripe. Those poplin pants. What, what was your- With the piping. What was your color and stripe combo? Yeah, what was your colorway? That's a great question. So- Were you a blue and red guy? Because that was the classic. No, it, you know, it's interesting. I got a pair and it didn't have the piping. Hmm. What? Yeah. It, ah. True. Navy blue. Knock off. No piping. Did that get you a beating? No, I avoided the beating. It's a shame Rob isn't on the show tonight because Rob did get a beating because he <laughs> wore the pants a week too soon. Ooh. Right. Too the timing soon. was critical. If you remember, he wore the Bruins colors, black with the yellow piping. Black and yellow, yeah. And got thrown in like a mud pile in middle school for, <laughs> yeah. for, for, for jumping the gun a week. The people who threw them in the mud pile a week later were walked into school right. wearing them. I had a maroon with a gray stripe. That was nice. That was a nice touch. Yeah, it was a, oh, it was a good touch. Classy. I feel like I had gray with a purple stripe. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I saw that one. Would Would you match that with like an OP top? Uh, no, no, with the Barracuda jacket. Ah, uh, yes. Well, of course. Of course. Come on. Barracuda jacket. You weren't going bareback, right, with a Barracuda jacket. <laughs> and some, some spot, spot built shoes. I think. All right. So, what was going on in the world in 1980 beyond our our sartorial choices? I know. Oh, <laughs> all, right. Yeah. all right. All right. I was I'm so excited you. about my sweat by Evie. Story. Oh no, let's hear oh, it, Tom. <laughs> you cut Tom <laughs> off. Tom, please tell us about your sweats by Evie. I I was cursed by two things. One of them being my mom is very frugal, and the second one is that I'm colorblind. So I ended up getting the purple <laughs> one with the gray stripe, which ended up being a, a an immediate cause of mockery in middle school, which was already a problem to begin with. Uh, it just really just compounded it. I think I had some green <laughs> sneakers that were also problematic. So oh. it didn't go well. That was a very tough window for me. So there's my <laughs> story. 
trying to keep up. That's that's sad. I don't think I had sweats baby till seventh or eighth grade. Well, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, almost. I mean, eighty eighty. This was about sixth 11? grade, a little bit early, but yeah, uh, I had the I had the sort of the boring tan. Uh, with the blue stripe. What, mm. you, you had khaki EBs? That's a, that's a conservative <laughs> choice, right? I didn't buy them. I think my grandparents might have got it to me for me for my birthday because it was really dying. Right. Would you wear a BB baggy shirt with that? That was later, I think. I feel like that was better. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. I think that was later. Yeah, I was that way. Barracuda or members only jacket, probably. Sweet. Well, of course. A, nothing like a Barracuda. I could go for one of those today. Well, now that we've helped our sponsors out, let's uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's move to like the year. What actually was? You want to know what was happening in the world? Yes, boring stuff great. like Reagan. Nineteen eighty. Reagan is president elect. Yep. As uh, Heaven Seventeen would say, and uh, we don't need no fascist group thing. Sad news in nineteen eighty was uh, John Lennon was shot and killed in New York City. Less less sad. Uh, the Rubik's Cube debut. Ooh. Everybody, I'm sure, had the Rubik's Cube. Definitely less sad than the John Lennon assassination. <laughs> <laughs> less sad. <laughs> uh, Pac- Still trying to figure it out. Pac Man was introduced. Oh. I mean, I was more of a Ms. Pac Man guy, but uh, I love Pac Man too. A uh, CNN launched the Post-it Note was introduced. Wow. Huge. Game changer. <laughs> Huge game changer. That is, that is a game changer. <laughs> exactly. Musically, Pink Floyd's The Wall, number one. Yep. Sinatra performed for 175,000 people in Rio de Janeiro. Top of the charts was Blondie's Call Me. ACDC, Back in Black came out. So many great albums came out in 1980. I'm sure uh, we'll touch on a bunch of them, but uh, just uh, for example, we have Echo and the Bunnyman Crocodiles, Talking Heads, Remain in Light, The Cure, 17 Seconds, the Peter Gabriel album, Gabriel album where he's melting, uh, Joy Division Closer, The Pretenders, The Jam, Prince Dirty Mind, Devo. Devo was a big thing. Yeah, Whippet was huge that year. Yeah. I remember Nash and I used to listen to Casey Kasem and uh, report on the, you know, at recess about, you know, what the top 40 songs were. And Whippet was a big thing in 1980. It's so weird that we're basically doing the same thing. <laughs> As we did at recess, uh, you know, 40 years ago. Keeping our feet on the ground and reaching for the stars, as Casey Kasem would recommend. That's what we do. Yeah. Yep. That's what we do. Um, Blondie was big in 1980, I think. Blondie was huge. Call Me was the number one song. I I, I looked that up, uh, mm. which surprises me. I didn't realize that was yeah. so big. How about movies? Anybody have any intel on movies, 1980? Movies? Well, uh, you had great movies like... Caddyshack, which a certain person on our podcast wrote a book about. That was, of course. So I got that for one for me, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great, uh, you know, the airplane, mm-hmm. also a great comedy classic. Blues Brothers, The Shining, yep. mm-hmm. Raging Bull, Empire Strikes Back, Stir Crazy, less prestigious, uh, The Blue Lagoon, although <laughs> mm, less, although all of us liked it for a certain reason. Uh, likewise, Xanadu. Yeah, that Chris Atkins. <laughs> yes, Chris Atkins. <laughs> I was going to say, who can forget Xanadu? The, <laughs> I love Xanadu. Xanadu was fantastic. For the music. <laughs> it really for the plotting more than anything yeah. else. You also love Smoking the Bandit 2. That's true. I <laughs> Sally Field's best work. Uh, fame, 9 to 5. But uh, for me, the most important movie of 1980 because it played every week at the Needham Cinema was The Gods Must Be Crazy. Must be crazy. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> that long? For years. For years. Was that 1980? My God, that movie played there for so awesome. long. Awesome. Awesome. It movie. played more than 52 weeks in a row. 
It was that is insane that that uh, <laughs> I was maybe some one of you guys tipped me off to this, but there was an article about the Gods Must Be Crazy and how mm. it, it it name checked the Needham Theater as being like yes, you're right the the place that played it the longest, um, which is fascinating. Yeah. Why that movie? I, I people kept going to it. I have yeah. no idea. I mean, it's a great movie. It's really fun, and it, yeah. yeah, for the time, it was really just like so off the radar um, and unusual for you know compared to what else was. Right coming out at the time but it's like an african jim jarmish movie almost you know <laughs> yeah i mean it's it really i think it's it's the sensibility of that movie is really strange um but it's it's great yeah 1980 coke bottle hit me on the head yeah oh yeah the coke <laughs> bottle exactly it's really it's a great movie i think i saw it four or five times well who wants to start it out who feels like they've got oh, a wait good, wait oh, yeah yeah let's not let's not forget the most important thing about 1980 the greatest event, the miracle on ice when the U.S. defeated the Soviet Union. Ah, uh, yeah. Right? Do you guys remember watching it live? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I had to. Does everybody um, remember that it wasn't the final? Yeah. No, it was the semifinal. Correct. Who did they beat in the final? Finland. I want to say Sweden or Finland. Who said Finland? Finland. There you go. Nice, Rich. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Who was the coach? Herb Brooks. The mighty. Okay. Can anybody quote the speech? Mm. Dear God, when did this become sports trivia? <laughs> It's a sports talk show, Tommy's Nightmare. Had, had, I, had I known, I would have done some boning up on this shit. <laughs> Damn. Tom can go deep on Bauhaus, but when I get, when you get to uh, Herb Brooks. <laughs> get to like the Finnish, the Finnish coach that won. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. But so, all right, just give us the quote. No, no. I mean, it's a long speech. You ever see the little kid who does it on... Um on YouTube or whatever. I must have missed that one. No, I did not catch that one. Okay. All right. One one more piece of trivia. Okay. How much do you think a VHS home movie camera cost in 1980? $799. $699. Higher. Higher. Price is right. Someone goes $700. <laughs> Go $1 above. $1. <laughs> no. $875. $1299. $1,599. That is crazy. Ain't, ain't it? And we knew how crappy those things looked. Yeah. Yeah. And Rich's family had beta. Oh, don't get me started on the Betamax. We tried. It was the, the best technology at the time. It was. Yeah, exactly. Just ask Reggie Jackson. Oh, was he the pitch man? Was he? Yeah, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. I think so. All right, let's get to the music. Yeah, let's talk some music. So speaking of miracles, how's that for a segue? 1980 was a miraculous year, right, Tom? That's right. Who would like to <laughs> who would like to start us off tonight with our their 1980 pick? Anybody feel particularly confident? Hmm. Oh. I guess I should never frame it that way, should I? I'm always feeling confident. All right, I'll start it off. Why not? Derek, you start. Oh! There we go. There was dead dead silence, so I'm jumping in. <laughs> All right. Jump. Um, well, one of the things that's been exciting about this is discovering stuff that you missed. And this song, you know, just going through different years, I, mean, I actually found this, like, you know, weeks and weeks ago. But it just sounded like a song that I was obsessed with that I've never heard before. And I really got excited about it. It's from uh, Robin Hitchcock's band before he really became Robin Hitchcock. the solo artist he is now. Um, the band, the Soft Boys, from their album Underwater Moonlight. And um, it's just this really great kind of chiming, droning guitars, kind of borrowing a lot from Cheap Trick. But, you know, just you could see how bands like The Replacements and R.E.M. really were influenced by a song like this. And the song is I Want to Destroy You by the Soft Boys. Steve Cuts. I want to destroy you. 
I love going through this record because I, I went through this record in our exploration as well. And it reminds you of like how much of Robin Hitchcock's sort of personality is flowered after this. Yeah. Like it sounds like he's trying to be inside of a band. You've got all the hookiness. You've got the, you know, the sort of cleverness, all that. But like you got a band in the mix. And when he went solo, it's like suddenly he's up front and center, like Elvis Costello. Like, it just feels like he's up front. Did I ever tell you that I hung out with him a little bit? Mm -mm. No, let's hear. Robin Hitchcock, that is. In, uh, it was at UMass, and um, he played a show, and he was hilarious. It was like a Monty Python skit. I mean, Yeah, he's it, super it, smart. <laughs> he was just so wry and out there. Uh, and then after the show, he and this girlfriend who was much younger, I'm not going to like go Derek Brain and like defame him or anything. But <laughs> but but she was younger, a little younger. And um, he's like, where should we go? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, you know, I was in like, I was hey, working. Come back to my room if you want. <laughs> yeah, sure. Come on. <laughs> so we went to like some house party or whatever. And we hung out with Robin Hitchcock and it was just a blast. The guy was <laughs> hilarious. I love that he was looking for a good campus party after the show. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I imagine he was like looking for a Bill Federico in every town he was going. Like, who's going to take me someplace exciting? Exactly. Very nice. Good times. Great song, Derek. Great choice. I love it. All right. Uh, well, from the cube, I'll, I'll go next. You guys, if I were to say the song Shake a Leg by ACDC, does that yeah. conjure up a song to, to you guys? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. I remember this one for sure. Yes, but it just stuns me that you're the one to play ACDC. Yeah, this pick was maybe my most just sort of like what the fuck moment uh, of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, just, just because you're, you're the least hard rocker of the group. Maybe that's true. But what I love about ACDC is that they are like kind of a, a perfect rock and roll band. They, in a way, I think ACDC is to, to rock and roll what a lot of the best hip hop artists are to hip hop in that they're completely unpretentious, completely know what they are, have a real sense of what they're doing and just do different variations of that a million times until it works out. To me, 
Back in Black is sort of like the ACDC formula perfectly mm. cemented where every single song from that album is almost like stunningly perfect for what it is. Mm. It's not trying to be complicated or sophisticated or anything. It's just trying to be a great rock and roll album. And I feel like in a way, the Rolling Stones never had an album that is as great top to bottom as ACDC's Back in Black is. Whoa, like, wow. yeah. He just threw down the gauntlet. Yeah. Wow. He said it. Wow. And I'm not saying that they're not great Rolling Stones records. There absolutely are. But oh, I, really? But <laughs> I would say that ACDC kind of weirdly perfected it. And what I love is the story behind it. Because in February of 1980, Bon Scott died. Yep. You know, he died literally in, a, in like a Renault 5 in London. He like went drinking and apparently- Had did a little like too a, much to drink. <laughs> that, well, they say it was misadventure, but I- <laughs> Misadventure? <laughs> right. The autopsy. Is that like going down the slide head first? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I, apparently there was a heroin stop in the mix of it. But you have a band that is like huge, right? They just did Highway to Hell, which they produced with Mutt Lang. It's a huge record. They're like a huge band. And suddenly their lead singer and their songwriter and their lead guy dies, just dead. He's gone. He's 33 years old. He's gone. And Mutt Lang thinks really quick on his feet and he decides that he's going to recruit a local vocalist. So he gets Brian Johnson, who is in a band uh, called Jordy, to basically take over. It's a very screamy vocalist. Brings him in. Again, February... Bon Scott's dead. As of April to May, they're recording in the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. Of course, as you do. Right, which is incredible. And basically, this is the record that came out of it. So I'm just going to play- In July. Yes, in July it gets released. So it's crazy. like- Crazy. Wow, that's really crazy. That's really short. February he dies. March and April they record in the Bahamas of all places. And July they release it. Back in Black is not an album that sounds like it was made in the Bahamas. Totally, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It sounds like it was made on like the fourth circle of Dante's hell. Absolutely. <laughs> and this is maybe the only song that when I looked at that record, I didn't recognize as a hit song. So I thought, let me just right. throw it in there. So here's Shake a Leg. Sweet. It's ACDC. It's from Back in Black. 1980 is the year. Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, round four.
feel dirty. I know. I just love it so much. <laughs> I don't think he mentioned his balls, though. No. Not in the song, actually. I think. He, <laughs> no, I think he mentioned his dick at some point. In one point in the song. Oh, did he? Yeah. Did I miss that? I, I believe there was a dick mentioning. Yeah, well, why else is he shaking his leg? Um, first saw a first concert I ever went to. Nice ACDC. Oh, really? ACDC. Holy. I remember asking Nash how it was, and he his 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 adjective was. Loud. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't hear for like three days. I'm like, but I'm like, but how was it? He's like, oh my god, it was so loud. It was really loud. I'm like, but but good though, right? He's like, oh, yeah, so super loud. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well that's 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 something. That's good. Yeah, yeah. oh, it's great night. Yeah, good old Akadaka. Yeah, uh, as the Aussies call them. You know, they're like the Ramones and other bands where. Yes, it's super simple, but it's it's hard to do. Totally. Yeah, hard, yeah right. It's hard to play something like this that's simple and have it be good. Right, yeah. um, it's True. just it's True. just something about the way they play together and then the tones they get out of their instruments and the way they're in the pocket together that Absolutely. It, even though it's simple, it's not easy. No. Nope. It's not easy to do. No, otherwise everybody would do it. Yeah. I mean, think of how many bands have tried to sound like ACDC over the years. Like they've become sort of one of those yeah. foundational, like how do I sound like a great rock and roll band? Right. ACDC is like one of the models. Right. Also, I loved hearing about how like Mutt Lang was trying to train Brian Johnson to be a great singer mm -hmm. and that they did take after take after take. So here's this guy who's in a bunch of like not very good bands out of Newcastle, England, and suddenly he gets a chance to have Mutt Lang say, all right, you're the new lead singer of ACDC. They lost their lead singer. You're going to be the guy. I'm going to train the best performance out of you. And I think that in this record to me is just like talk about using momentum and just letting it flow. I mean, the album is great from top to bottom. Yeah, it really is. Absolutely. Anyway, so there's there's my pick for the day. And, and compare them to Van Halen and you can see what happens when you change a lead singer. It usually doesn't work. Yeah. Totally true. All right, Van Halen, ACDC. What are we doing here? Come on. <laughs> All right, wait, Billy. Yeah, I thought I thought we were in a different. Yeah. All right, uh, I know. Who knew Tom was going to take us down the heavy metal highway? Yeah, come on, people. Uh, I'm sorry. All right, Billy Federico, you can save the day. Where do you want to take us? Oh, thank God. Bill's going to take us to Queensryche. And yeah. um, <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> we got some very poignant lyrics, Nash. Um, uh, let's see. Where will I go? As I was saying before, there are so many great albums in the 1980s, or in 1980 itself, and I'm not going to choose one of them. I'm going to choose <laughs> a band. I'm going to choose a band like like Derek that I really discovered later, and not a band that I was a particular fan of. But this is a band called The Sound, and a song called I Can't Escape Myself, which is um, from an album called Jeopardy. It's released in uh, 1980. Uh, it didn't do particularly well, and I, I don't even know if they had another album. But this song is amazing. It's got sort of a Krautrock uh, drum to it. Uh, it's got a lot of the quiet, loud dynamics to it and uh, addresses, you know, that familiar uh, theme of trying to escape yourself and being unable to, um, as Bono, I think, said in, uh, what song was it? Uh, Surrender? Where can you go to leave yourself behind? This is the sound I can't escape myself. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, round four, 1980.
And I'm tired of reasoning Just want to break out Shake off this skin Like I don't know this song. Like I've never heard this song before, and it's it feels like I, tr- something- I tried to find something that might stump you guys. Yeah, this is new to me. Yeah, it's so good. It's like can mixed with like a cool indie, maybe like a English rock band. Are they English? Do you know where they're from? Yeah, I believe so. English. Yeah, yeah South London. It says fantastic, great pick. Yeah, this is new to me too. I really like it a lot. It's great. Yeah, this this song is fantastic. That's so deep. It's like jangly and moody and... It's in the bone. What a great find. It's not ACDC deep, but it's deep. <laughs> oh, that's a Good little... Good find. Good find. That's a little dig. Yeah, really nice. Yeah. Post-punk at its finest. Totally. Yeah. I'm looking forward to digging into more of that. It reminds me of like a more catchy version of the band Opposition. Remember the band Opposition that we were all really into? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Opposition may creep into another show, believe me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A little small talk, perhaps? Yeah, a little small talk has to happen. Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> was it White Room was one of the songs? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the White Room Factory. Yeah. Um, A new... Um, what year was that record? 83, I want to say. Wow, okay. The 83 is going to be like a big year. 80, yeah, 83... I was talking to Rob about this. Rob, who's not on our show, who we have to call by some pseudonym now, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Guy or Pilar or something. <laughs> I can't remember what we're calling him. Right. But anyways, Noah or something. Yeah, Pilar, <laughs> Mr. Joshua. <laughs> but I, I, I told Rob, look, if I had to go back in time, I'd live in 1985 and listen to only 1985 records. And then he started saying, well, you'd miss out on this and that and the other thing. And he's like, 1983 is pretty damn good. And then I started thinking about, fuck, 1983 is amazing. It is. Um, 1980s amazing. 1981's amazing. So we're we're gonna have a great time. This is gonna be a lot of fun. Agreed. Rich, where would you like to take us? Sure. Yeah, 90, 1983. I'd like to start there. That's about <laughs> the intersection of when we started hanging out. Exactly. Exactly. Getting into all this, all this stuff. When you introduced us to uh, the the yeah the the yes 1983. Um, but uh, really quick, I just realized doing some math that 1980, there's more years have passed since 1980 than had passed in 1980 since the U.S. joined war, entered World War II. Wow. Wow. Well, thanks for that up with people sort of, that makes me feel old. Who invited this guy? She's passed the Dones pills. Who asked this guy to join the show? <laughs> it just, the perception of time is so 
difficult. I mean, it's different. It's like back then, World War II seemed like 200 years in the past, but now we've actually gone past that today. So just think about all that. That is amazing. Yeah. And my recreational marijuana gummies have not even kicked in yet. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads us to your pick. Where would you like to take us? Which, sorry, so I'm, I'm stalling. Um, so I'm thinking about 1980, uh, the, the bands in 1983 that I started discovering. 80. They, these, some of these, the picks that I've selected tonight are the sort of the foundational ones that I think had a biggest influence on a lot of the post-punk, avant-garde, new wave, whatever you want to call it, bands of the 80s. This one is huge. One of my favorite bands, uh, New Order, was birthed out of this band in uh, 1980. They had a hit called Love Will Tear Us Apart. I mean, it was huge. The song I chose is the B-side to that song. It's called These Days. Love it. There's, you know, so many, they've influenced so many bands, and you can hear it in um, all the way up to, like, Interpol, I think, Ian Curtis's voice and uh, Interpol's lead singer. I'm blanking on his name. Anyway. Paul Banks. Paul Banks. Paul Banks. Thank you. It's just, there's such a great band and, and there's something there. Joy Division was fairly dark and brooding, right? But there was something always there. The musicians in that band were pretty incredible and they've they proved themselves over time and they're still going. So um, I wanted to go back, find a relatively deep cut, maybe not as deep cut as the sound. It's not quite in the bone. It's not that deep. <laughs> it's not ACDCD. Not ACDCD. Will you stop picking on me? <laughs> so, <laughs> well, Tom, you normally choose somebody from like Kazakhstan <laughs> and usually a polygamist. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that was a little out of left, a little surprising for Tom. So anyway, uh, without further ado, Tom, if it's queued up yep. these days by Joy Division. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, round four. 1980 is the year.
it is. Woo! It's such a reminder, though, of like how much like the chemistry of a band is so key to it. Because Joy Division is such an unusual band. Because Ian Curtis is certainly a very unusual singer. Like you wouldn't say he's a pretty singer or even like an accomplished singer, but he's a charismatic singer, and his voice is so distinctive. And you know, I wouldn't say Bernie is a particularly good guitar player, but he's an interesting. Oh, guitar I don't know about that. No, he's not. I All mean, right, you're gonna, you're gonna get some pushback. Oh, I like, I like the way he plays. Hot take. Yeah, he plays in an interesting way, but he is not. He's not. He's not technically good. Right. He's not a virtuoso. No, true, true. By any stretch at all. He's always barely hanging on. Yeah, right. Uh, and it's same. Peter Hook, on the other hand, is a unique specimen. Yeah, Peter Hook is good. And Stephen Morris fucking is the one of the best drummers ever. Yeah. Other than other than Stuart Co- Stuart Copeland. But yeah, I, he's great. Yeah, I've been reading um, Peter Hook's book, Substance Inside New Order. Yeah, I read that one, too. Oh, it's long. Yeah, and it was kind of interesting to hear him talk about Ian Curtis in the respect that, like, what Ian did was he was the one who was able to pull out what the band was doing. That was really good. Like, they would just jam and jam and jam. And Ian was the one who was able to say that part, that part right there, and, like, was able to help them construct songs out of what they were doing and that that was one of the things that they struggled with when begin you know when new order was being put together is like how are they gonna really do what they did when ian was the one kind of sort of finding these songs from the jams that they were happening but most of that book is him just saying fucking barney <laughs> i know he's, he's so angry at barney he's so pissed at Bernard. He calls Barney. God damn it. <laughs> Fucking Barney. Yeah, Barney doesn't come off very well. Derek, do you have anything? What's like the, just, the crux of their beef? Um, Barney I, just cared about himself? Yeah, he just thought he got a little too uh, full of himself and yeah. and too arrogant. Yeah. And uh, it just really rubbed him the wrong way. Derek, do you have anything defamatory to say about uh, Bernard mm, Summer? Uh, no, not that I, I okay. care to uh, say. Any, do we have an apology for Michael Jackson's estate, by the way, from our last show? Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> All right, Chris, where do you want to take us? Is this the point of the show where we remind everybody that the views expressed by Derek Brain do not express the views of the, of the, of the podcast? I have a feeling we're going to have to speak to Angle about legalist support. I think. <laughs> I'm going to go with a song that I really should get two picks because this song is only a minute and 28 songs long. <laughs> what? Oh, I should get uh, no. It's a deep cut only in the sense that no DJ in his right mind would play a song that's a minute and 28 seconds long. I mean, they could never go out and have a smoke or like take a leak or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, but this is um, especially at this BPM. <laughs> uh, the English beat off their first record. I just can't stop it. And to me, of all like the two tone bands, they're they're you know, the Cadillac of that Amen. genre. Amen to that. And um, I still have lots of regrets about not going with you guys to go see General Public in high school. Uh, it was one of the few shows I missed. I don't know why I did, but I did. Why didn't you go? I don't know. I don't remember why, but I know that it, it pains me. Tall guy Dave went. Yeah, I know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I, I don't know. I can't remember. The, but the thing I do remember about the English beat is this. Rich, who I'm glad is on the show tonight, pulled off the single greatest art project in all of Needham High School, <laughs> of, of all of us. High praise. Uh, because he did that. In our class, he did the silk screen of the English beat dancing girl on a t-shirt. Silk screen plus. Which was like became the envy of all of us. It was like I need to get one of those. Yeah, it was so awesome. We have to look on eBay and see if any are floating around. True. 
Love it. So wait a minute. This is better than my midnight oil uh, telephone notepads that I sent around. Oh no, the... no, 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 no. We're not. We're not no, we're... Tom. Those are wonderful. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not comparing the two. Different genre. Now we're talking about wearable art. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess I was. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Different category. <laughs> so anyway, this song is called Click Click, and it is um, probably the greatest song ever written about Russian roulette. And. Um, <laughs> It's it's just great. The baseline in it is amazing. Um, so Tom, take it away. Here we go. satisfying Woo! oh my god it's so good good times so good i was so glad you picked this because this was a record that i literally walked over because i was like all right someone else is going to want to throw this in there and i think i would just go elsewhere and i just what's figured, not to like yeah it's great oh. it's really it's just a great record absolutely it's so great also i saw pictures of like rank and roger back in the day in 1980 and he was so ridiculously rest handsome did he pass away i didn't realize that yes oh yeah. rest in peace roger oh that's yeah. really sad while, while ago maybe well this year right no i want to say it's in the last five years okay i think oh what a bummer yeah chuck g passed away recently and that's making me really sad i can't imagine saxa is still around saxa i think probably is still alive <laughs> <laughs> i think saxa was pickled saxa i think was 80 <laughs> I, I don't know. Was I just was I just ranking full stop? Yeah, you were, but you were toasting. <laughs> you were ranking full stop. Saxa played at the Hind Show Nash, I believe. Yeah, the general public show, yeah. Yeah. Um and he was like a hundred then, right? So <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. He's gotta be a good one one buck thirty right now. <laughs> How are you not at that show? I don't know. I don't know. I distinctly remember a particular gentleman who was hitting on me that night. Oh, anyway. nice work, Bill. Oh. Um <laughs> <laughs> how, how did that work out? Sleeveless shirt, horizontal stripes. I thought he was just uh, a good friend, but that was the like, good old days. Oh wait, maybe he wants something more. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> moving on. Moving on, Derek. Would you like to salvage this? <laughs> <laughs> I'll salvage it. Save me. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. It was, it was definitely a tough one, and we brought up this guy. This guy's band, or I did recent. You know, fairly recently the Jim Carroll band from uh, his Catholic Boy record. But I just couldn't get away from the fact that this record really did impact me in a pretty big way. You know, sort of like heard it in the backseat of a car being driven by someone's older brother. And it was just like, what 
is this? Is this? And it was kind of the first time that, you know, I kind of heard music that had this darkness to it that I found really attractive. And, you know, it was a few years after this came out, but, you know, it really kind of impacted me in a big way. And I just found it so enthralling. But, you know, I think what was so great about it that while there was this really cool, sexy darkness to it, in the same song, you would have the impact of that darkness. At the same time, you were attracted to this stuff, you heard the kind of chaos and ruin and death that came from these things in the same songs. And I think that was something I hadn't heard before and I, I thought was really great. But uh, this was, um, you know, one of the songs from that record that I uh, really liked. Uh, it's from Catholic Boy and it is Nothing Is True. The Jim Carroll band, Nothing Is True. Here we go. Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, round four.
so glad you picked this this is like one of those records like i got into tom waits and jim carroll around the same time period and i love the fact that i could really listen to lyrics and i could really get a sense of their personalities like you can see jim carroll writing the lyrics down you could see him looking the world around him you get a sense of what new york was like in the early 80s and this record to me is like kind of a, a perfect kind of poetic expression with a rock and roll you know contour it's just a, an amazing wonderful record i'm so glad you picked it i love catholic boy can anybody confirm this but did jim carroll play in the movie tough turf yes he's in the movie tough turf thank you very much nash you're welcome <laughs> wait what is tough turf what is tough turf I, hey oh my god do you need a refresher course it's a little uh you know uh it's a movie from the 80s with um robert downey jr james spader james spader okay kim richards and someone else jim carroll okay jim carroll's in it it was it was the um but the, the band like they're playing at like some club somewhere um the band is Nash. yeah they play people who died i think that is part of because i think Nash, I, wasn't it the breakfast club uh double feature no double feature with band of the hand oh wow oh. yeah i wanted to say i saw tough turf end with that amazing little logo right with the handprint yeah yeah hmm. 1985 yeah yeah tough turf we saw uh, okay yeah we're doing a plug for tough turf and while we're at doing plugs, I'd like to just say a shout out to Glenn Libet if you're out there. <laughs> Scotchy Scotch. <laughs> if you're looking for a for a show to sponsor, well done. This is the one. Glenn. Yeah, if you're looking for the scotchiest podcast, carb free for 200 years. We're happy to send our home addresses to the folks from Glenn Libet. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, have you tried that Glenn Libet? That's like, what is it? It's like it has something to do with cake. It's like, oh, like uh, cake cake icing. Scotch or something? What? <laughs> I, don't know. what? I don't know. I saw. I like that Glen Morangi stuff. I think I had that at your place once. Oh, Glen Morangi, great, sure. But it was something like uh, I don't know. It was like cake, cake, cake. I don't know. Sounds a little peaty. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. It sounded a little, uh, hmm. you know, maybe a little, little silly. I love but, cake. I love uh, scotch. I love poetry. Why not combine um, them? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> But but you don't like carbs. <laughs> this, no carbs. This keto thing is fucking with my head. <laughs> it really is. I it's know. tough to do anytime, but during COVID, I can't believe you're doing a no carb diet. Thirteen pounds, baby. I'm impressed. I, I wow. respect, man. Respect. Yeah. Well, what you lost, I found. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the show's all about, Derek. Lost and found. <laughs> well played. Yeah, it's. It's called The Tale of Cake, Scotch Whiskey. <laughs> right. Glen Morangi. Good to know. I'm telling you, huh. it's out there. Okay. All right. I'll believe it. Well, I'm going to pick up what Derek is putting down with Jim Carroll, and I'm going to follow with a dub poet out of uh, London, Linton Quasi Johnson. Now, this is a Needham connection because I went to the record store in Needham on Great Plain Avenue. Uh, the Music Center. The Music Center. And I went in there and there was a sort of a probably middle-aged, overweight, and perpetually grumpy person behind the counter. And I asked him for a recommendation of a great record. And <laughs> he pulled out this record, which is kind of amazing. The album is called Bass Culture. It came out in 1980. Linton Kwesi Johnson. He was a London-based Jamaican dub poet. 
And I I became just absolutely obsessed with this record and I really love it. And I was going to play the song Lorraine, which is the song that I probably love the most from it. But instead, I'll play uh, the title track from the album called Bass Culture. So hopefully you enjoy it. Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, Round 4, 1980 is the year. Linton Kwesi Johnson is the artist. Music of blood, black, reared pain, rooted, dot, geared. All ten stopped in the bubble and the bounce and the leap and the weight drop. It is the beat of the heart. This pulsing of blood that is a bubbling bass. A bad, bad beat pushing against the wall with bar black blood. And is a whole heap of passion, a gadda. Like a frightful farm, like a righteous farm, giving off wildlife is madness. Bad out there, hotter than the heights of fire, living heat down volcano core. Is the cultural wave a dread people deal? Spirits rise and reel and rise thunder wise. Late and poor in a farm resembling madness Like violence is the show Bursting out a sleep shackle Look here, bound for harm the wicked Man feel, him hurt confirm Man sight, destruction all around Turn, love still confirm in destiny shine likewise. So life take the farm, we shift from calm and hold the way of a deadly storm. Culture pulsing high temperature blood, swinging hunger, shattering the tightened hole. Old fold, round flesh, real freedom. Bitter cause of blues, cause of maggot suffering, cause of blood clad pressure. Yet still breathing love, far more mellow than the sound of shapes chanting loudly. Scatter, matter, shatter, shop, what a beat. The time is nigh when passion gather high When the beat just lash When the wall must smash And the beat will shift as the culture alter When oppression scatter This sent me down such a rabbit hole of Jamaican music and kind of opened that whole world up yeah. for me. You know, I just want to know like what, what record store clerk would sell this to a 12-year-old kid in Needham. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> that's a bold move. I know. The Needham, the Needham Music Center was very eclectic. Yeah. And talk about like landing well, right? Like I guess he like he read me right. Yeah. I mean, opening lyrics, music of blood, black reared, pain rooted. <laughs> Heart geared, all tensed up, and the bubble and the bounce and the leap and the weight drop. I love the cultural appropriation going on right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> it's really amazing, incredible, wonderful poetry. And for a kid who was like into Pink Floyd probably two years before this, 
I'm like really appreciating the fact that there's somebody who's talking about like the African Caribbean experience in London in a really interesting way with amazing production. And I was also really happy that, you know, uh, Steve McQueen got a chance to kind of explore this culture with small acts, which is a wonderful series. I strongly recommend it. It's on Amazon. And it's basically about like the black Caribbean experience in England. And there's a beautiful section uh, with a Linton Kwesi Johnson piece called New Kras Masaka. And it's basically a, a photography montage. And it's just a really beautiful way of capturing a special time in England and a special part of that culture. And uh, anyway, it's my pick for uh, round four, 1980. Nice. I like it. Nice. It's interesting. Nice. It's good. Well done, Tommy. All right, Billy, you want to take us somewhere else? Sure. I'll, I'll try to be as equally obscure. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. So my first pick was uh, The Sound, which wasn't well known. Uh, and I'll pick another edgy band. I'll go with uh, Mr. Uh, Daryl Hall and John Oates. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. Who? Uh, they're, they're kind of a scrappy duo from uh, Philly. You know, that that soul sound. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. They had a few hits. Uh, <laughs> this is from their 1980 album, Voices. And this song has a uh, has a new wave feel, kind of new wave power pop. I mean, the band is great. I mean, we all know how many hits they had. Uh, this was the album with the Kisses on my list, which was obviously a huge hit. But great hair mustaches, great harmonies. And uh, the chorus of this song just gets in my head and I can't get rid of it. But it's not a, it wasn't a popular song and I don't, I don't really, don't know why. I don't know why this wasn't a huge hit. It's called uh, Hard to Be in Love with You. And when the chorus comes on, I will definitely mute myself because I can't help but sing it. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, round four, 1980 is the year.
they just had everything so right, you know? They're great. They really are. And this is John, this is, uh, this is Oats yeah. singing, by the way. It's Oats. It's Oats. Oats. It's Oats. <laughs> Mustachioed Oats. <laughs> I just love it. it I mean, I, I think we got to give uh, respect. It's a guilty pleasure. You know what? Right. We got to give respect to Krista Barrasso and Kira Bennett's for being the. Yes, for sure. The most important Daryl at Hall and John Oates. Uh, uh, super fans. Yeah. Super fans. Yeah. They went to see them a million times. They, uh, I think they were onto something and we were all kind of very dismissive of it. But What's not to like? So it's great. Totally. <laughs> But no one, but I don't, I don't know. Do any of you guys know the song? No. Never heard it. I did not. I had not heard it. First time I've heard it. Yeah, it, it's a deep cut. I, I, it's a deep cut. I was not expecting it on this playlist <laughs> as much as I wasn't expecting ACDC. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> Tom and I are going to keep throwing curveballs. Wow. That's the way we play. Part of the joy of this is that I have no <laughs> idea what's coming every week. I have absolutely <laughs> no idea what's coming every week. Speaking of, Rich, you can now take us to another fantastic place. Um brings back to our my foundations of the 80s yes. new wave so this is going to be a little bit more plain vanilla i think for the avant-garde the new wave fans out there um it's foundational though i think you i think you hit the foundations foundational the cure is one of the foundational bands they're i think joy divisions you know started a lot earlier but early cure even though i didn't discover it until 83 84 this album had Top three, maybe it's my favorite Cure song, A Forest, mm-hmm. is yeah, yeah, love it. Absolutely. So it was the clear winner, big hit on this album, 17 seconds. But you discover a band and, and then go back and look at where they came from, and that that's kind of the fun of it. And Boys Don't Cry, 17 seconds, were, it was kind of a joy to discover those earlier stuff, those earlier albums. Morose and pouty I have in my chicken scratch notes, which it, <laughs> that seems apt. It, it perfectly just describes the cure for me. I love Robert Smith's lyrics. I love everything about the band. Probably didn't. I think Head on the Door might have been the f- album we all first. The breakthrough record for us. Yeah. 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 We, yeah, we really started listening to. Or, or Let's Go to Bed, the single. Or, or the top. Yeah. Yeah, right. the top of the single. Yeah. But you're right. Um, it was much later. It, But it set us up, I think, for when we heard The Head on the Door. Because The Head on the Door was like sweet spot for us. I think we'd all. The Head on the Door hit it out of the park. It was such a good. Like, album. I remember Caterpillar was like kind of a big thing for me uh, from the top. I, think. I was scared when I bought Head on the Door because I had no idea what it was going to sound like. Mm. I mean, folks today don't understand what it's like to buy a record and not know what the songs sound like. So I put it on. I'm like, what is the blood going to sound like? You know, <laughs> once you tear the once you tear the plastic off that record, right. you can't take it back. Right. Exactly. Um, so anyway, this is the the second leg of my three legged stool foundations of <laughs> new wave 1980s. Um, picked M. From 17 Seconds. Oh, good choice. Brilliant. Necessary. That was on my short list, too. Absolutely brilliant. I love this song. Yeah, good choice. Good choice. Love it. Love this song. Without further ado, it's M from The Cure from 17 Seconds. 1980 is the year you are tuned to Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, Round 4.
you guys had the same experience, but like when you listen to The Cure, especially older songs, it's shocking at how much we know all the lyrics. Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. Like I find myself being able to sing along to almost every early Cure song, the same way with The Smiths and certain bands. Like yep. I don't even remember how much I listened to them over and over again. This is such a great pick. and Yeah, such an important band. Ugh. Yeah. For sure. And those subtle little changes in the guitar and just like, you just know every piece. Yeah. As Rich said, he was like, it's a foundational band. Absolutely. No doubt. It is. It is. I mean, A Forest is obvious. It's such a huge song. Charlotte Sometimes. I was going to pick Play for Today, but I just assumed someone else yeah. was going to pick something from this record. I just, you know, so I left it out. I like the live version of A Forest a lot better than the yes. um, the one from Cure Concert. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that so much better. That I, I, I think I heard it first, mm-hmm. and so for me it's hard to hear the, the studio versions of Killing an Arab and A Forest after right. um, hearing and, and yeah, playing. I, I remember that chronology. We Somehow we got a, I mean, we, we got the concert. Yeah. Yeah. LP before. Album, which, which is not, which is hard to get these days. Now it is. Yeah. Um, mm. But at the time that was like the, the album that kind of brought us back to the band. And then you went and bought 17 seconds or got faith and got uh, three imaginary boys. But yeah, concert was the album that kind of lured us in. Their sound is a lot fuller live than it is on those yeah. early records, which are, are a little, t- a little tinny. And you get to hear Robert Smith go, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. There it is. Tom's got it. Oh yes. Yeah. Tom's got it. Cure Live concert. That's it. Oh man. This is an advertisement for Patreon. If you can't see this right now, oh my God, it's incredible. Yeah. Then you want to watch the video of Tom (laughs) holding up the album cover. You're gonna want to subscribe to this. Believe me. It's a visual experience for those of you willing to pay a little extra. (laughs) What Tom is holding up right now is that's a trigger. I haven't seen that in 35 years. I know. My version is made in the UK. I remember Charlotte Sometimes, which is recorded. Oh, the Charlotte Sometimes is awesome because it's not on any album. Uh, And the live version is fantastic. The single is not nearly as good. Oxford, May of 1984 is the recording, uh, apparently. Yes. Yeah, it's a really good good record. So good. Good times. Yeah. Well played. Yeah. Great stuff. Well, Chris, you get to wrap this baby up. So how do you want to close out the show? Oh, you got to hit a home run, Nash. Come on. Well, that actually, that does affect my choice. So the one I want... Okay. Oh! The one I was going to play, I'm, I'll play in the bonus round. Mm-hmm. Okay, switching the order. This one feels like more in, to, in step with the um, the show that we've done tonight. More iconic? Uh, yeah, well, no, just, just sort of the, in the same vein, I think. Um, this song um, is from XTC's fourth album, Black Sea. And there's something about this song. It's such a British song. It's almost like the kinks. You know what I mean? It couldn't be like more British. (laughs) Um, And I think the guitar riff that happens after the sort of whispered intro or the sing-songy song intro is one of my favorite guitar riffs of all time. So this is Respectable Street by XTC, and um, it's just a honey. Sweet. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, round four. It's in the order of the hedgerows It's in the way their curtains open and close It's in the look they give you down in the nose Oh, part of decency's jigsaw, I suppose <laughs> 
I swear, like, I think between 1979 and 1983 or so, like, there is an amazing song from every one of the XTC records that yeah. Agreed. I have a hard time not including. Yeah. And this one also has Generals and Majors on it. It's just a oh. great oh. album. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, We're talking Black Sea, right? Black Sea. Yeah. This is the album they yeah. toured um, with the police on. Mm-hmm. I think it was maybe their last tour before. Mm-hmm. I know they stopped playing live in 82, so this has to be around maybe their last tour. Yeah. How did I not play anything from Zenyatta Mandana? I'm, I'm starting to have... Uh, reg- Bill, it's too late for regrets. There's always the bonus round. I'm starting to have regrets. Oh, Jesus. There's always the bonus round. Oh, good God. For our Patreon sponsors only. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, why, do, why don't we explain that? You know, why don't we... Sure, um, Tommy, we want to explain that? Sure, flirt on me. Uh, so for those of you who have not had enough, <laughs> which is shocking, uh, we are going to be having another bonus round, which is a chance for those of us... Six hours of <laughs> content. Premium content. <laughs> It's so hard for us to narrow it down to two songs each. It's truly a painful, it's a Sophie's choice, if you'll pardon the rather rad- radical uh, metaphor. It's about the same thing. It's about the same thing. It's it's, it's killing your child mm-hmm. um, with Nazis <laughs> near, nearby. Uh, so, yeah, for us, it's really hard to choose the two songs that are going to fit it. So we have our bonus <laughs> round on the Patreon page. You can find us on Patreon. And if you're interested, uh, you can check out our third, our extra picks, which I think are particularly surprising because the fun part is it's like, if there's a guilty pleasure you didn't feel like you could put in, you could put it on this one. Um, so there you have it. True. Uh, let's talk really quickly about like records that we would r- strongly recommend uh, people to further do further listening. exploration. Sure. Yeah, further listening. 
You guys have any picks? Uh, Go ahead, Tommy. What do you have? Something? I do. Let me launch my little uh, my little Swinsian really quickly. Something here. that someone from the Need Muse kind of recommend, <laughs> recommended. <laughs> Come on, man. He he turned me on to some cool stuff. This this is a great Libyan folk band. You guys are gonna love it. <laughs> yeah, this will be great. Um, I will. I will go with a piece of score. Actually, I think that the Wendy Carlos score to The Shining is a really, oh. uh, really unique piece of music. It's a very special movie. Uh, it's a movie that I think has you know almost worked its way into the subconscious of Americans in a very kind of intriguing uh, worldwide in an intriguing way. And the score is really special. Walter Carlos became Wendy Carlos around this time period, but uh, basically created, I think one of the most unique and exciting and, and compelling scores. And I would say, if you want to have a very unique exploration, listen to the score to the shining. That's my pick. Sweet. Derek, where, where do you want to go? I want to recommend the album Los Angeles by the band X. Mm-hmm. Just one of my favorite bands and total classic album. Can't go wrong. Johnny Hit and Run Pauline, Soul Kitchen, title track Los Angeles. It's just a, a great record from that band. Nice. Truly fantastic. Billy, what do you want to recommend as an album? Oh, boy. Um, I could I could rec- recommend Dirty Mind or the first Psychedelic Furs album or the Devo album. Uh, yeah, this is what you always do. You always like eight, name eight things. Yeah, and then you yeah. come up with one. Just tell us what the one is. Fine, fine, fine. I'll recommend uh, Gentlemen Take Polaroids, Ooh. which I bought visiting Rich Air, uh, who's our uh, special guest tonight. I may not be back next week. <laughs> come on. <laughs> This album is great. Um, it has, of course, the song Gentlemen Take Polaroids, Methods of Dance, this great, beautiful piano ballad called Night Porter. If you like fretless bass, this is the album for you. Japan's Gentlemen Take Polaroids. Is it Tony Levin special? Is that the... Uh... No, it's Mick Karn. Oh, Mick Karn. My bad. Okay. Yeah. Rich, what would you recommend as, as further listening? I bought it at the Tower Records in Seattle while visiting, visiting Rich. Nice. Yeah. Did you? Nice. Love it. That and the Infected record. Who doesn't like a fretless bass? <laughs> Go on. I mean, they're way better than fretful. Probably the guy who invented frets. <laughs> better than the fretful bass. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Rich, what would be your recommended, recommended listening for a full record? Uh, oh, boy. Um, from 1980. Come on, do it. You want me to give you I one? The, no. I, so Simple Minds were... One of the now you're talking. One of my favorite. The yeah, I was saving Simple Minds because they were one of my favorite bands in the '80s. Uh, still are, but um, it wasn't till probably New Gold Dream that I really got into them. And I think Sparkle in the Rain is their best album. I think it's probably my favorite album. But uh, Empires and Dance from 1980 is definitely worth the listen. I travel right up top is one of the just sets the tone. They're such an experiment. Uh, experimental band they were at that time trying to figure out their their sound um and uh, that's one of the albums one of my favorite out al- probably the most favorite album before new gold dream is empires and dance so i'd recommend that one nice oh i endorse that one great chris what would you like to what would you recommend you know i mean i would say remain in light but everyone already knows that one so I w- i'm gonna say colin newman's a to z nice oh so good so good it is terrific yeah, um, you know, from Wire, his after the first three records, he made this one, so it's great. And the song "Alone" is really just the standout track to me. Made famous in what movie? Silence of the Lambs. Boom. Yes, sir. Boom. So, um, yeah, I would say that one. Great pick. 
All right, so I think it's time for us to vote on what we think was the most exciting discovery, right? Can you go over what what everyone did? Yeah, yeah. Let me let me give you the whole the the whole list. All right, so we started out with uh, Derek. He led us off with Robin Hitchcock's early band before he became the iconic Robin Hitchcock. The Soft Boys, "I Want to Destroy You," is the song. I threw a little bit of uh, ACDC at y'all. Shake a leg Woo! from the Back in Black album. Balls out. Yep. Fido came in with the sound. I can't escape myself is the name of the title. A song a lot of us, I think, had not heard before. Rich came in with Joy Division's These Days, one of his, uh, I believe, three, or you should say the foundational uh, uh, bands of the 80s. It was a three-legged stool, Rich? It's a three-legged stool. <laughs> okay. It so- was Joy Division, The Cure, and who's else in the uh, stool? We'll find out. The Patreon members find yeah, out. Yeah, we'll find out. Right next now. Next week. Tune in next week. Yeah. That's right. Right now, it's just the bottom <laughs> of the ladder. Yeah. Uh, Chris came in with English Beat and the very short but wonderfully perfect Click Click uh, from there which album was that Uh, do you remember off the top of your head Just Can't can't Stop It Just Can't Stop It Uh, we also had uh, Derek coming in with Jim Carroll Band Catholic Boy is the album Nothing Is True is the song I played uh, Linton Kwesi Johnson uh, from Bass Culture London based uh, dub poet Billy came in with Daryl Hall and John Oates, Hard to Be in Love with You, a deep cut from those boys. Rich came in with The Cure, M from 17 Seconds. And I believe uh, uh, Chris wrapped it up with uh, a wonderful song from XTC, a band that we all love so much from the album Black Sea, part of an incredible streak of great records from them. Respectable Street is the name of the song. So that is sort of our picks. Everybody want to kind of hop into the chat? and All right. So we're all going to type in. Yeah. Right. Pop in their yeah. favorites. Yep. All right. Mm. Hold on. I'm still typing. Yeah. And everyone hit. Tell us when to press return One, two, three, go Oh uh, I think Billy may take the Oh, Billy takes the lead on this yeah, one Yeah, he takes it Yeah Billy did it for the sound The sound Everyone liked the sound Everyone liked the sound Check out the sound I discovered them I don't remember how You know, I've been on these like Deep post-punk uh, journeys And I don't know where I even heard them But it, w- it was only within the last five years or so so I certainly didn't see hear them when they came out, but uh, I'm glad everybody liked them. And uh, listen, check out the album; it's very good. All right, I think also the, the discovery part is a big part of this. I think, which is kind of nice. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of, uh, for further listening, why don't we talk about social media? So let's. How can we find us? Social media. Well, check us out on Patreon. Just search for Deep Cuts Lost and Found. Mm-hmm. Check us out on Spotify. All these playlists are on Spotify. Mm-hmm. If you do a search for Deep Cuts, you'll find us. On Twitter, you can find me at Deep Cuts Lost and Found. Uh, anyone else? Chris Nashawadi. Yeah, I'm at, at Chris Nashawadi. Rich, do you have any social media presence? Or you like Derek and I and just basically like you can catch us in our local neighborhoods? I don't know what social media is. I- <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, you, you got plenty to chomp on, so go have fun with that. On behalf of Derek Brain, Bill Federico, Rich Air, Chris Nashawadi, myself, Thomas Golovich, it has been a pleasure to be with you. 1980 is the year that we've explored. It is Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, Round 4. We are very happy to have uh, shared these songs with you. We'll catch you all next time. Thanks so much for listening. Cheers. Later, boys. Later, boys.